unbelievable deals. Contact Pittman Heating and Air Conditioning to bring home a system that's tested to run through anything. Get special financing for 15 months. Subject to credit approval, see dealer for details. Call 864-662-3362 for complete program eligibility, dates, details, and restrictions. That's 864-662-3362 for this and other exclusive offers. Unstoppable solutions, unbelievable deals. Contact Pittman Heating and Air Conditioning, your hometown independent train dealer. Visit us online at PittmanAC.com. It's hard to stop a train. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring, but you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers and Anderson and online at scoresdiamondjewelers.com and I want to be your jeweler. Hey there, Easter Bunny here. You know, Easter is all about hiding things like Easter eggs and the wrappers from all the chocolate you ate. But here's something for Easter you won't want to hide. An Easter Bunny celebration from Edible Arrangements. Delicious fresh fruit surrounded by chocolate-dipped pineapple bunnies and daisies. Plus Easter berries, fresh strawberries covered in gourmet chocolate and topped with a yellow, blue, or pink swizzle. Easter made sweeter at Edible Arrangements. Order at edible.com or hop on over to your local Edible Arrangements store today. (laughs) Hop on over. It's back and better than ever. Lowe's Just for Pros event, now through September 25th. New this month, you have a chance to get in on innovative products from Metabo, HPT, and Spider through virtual product demos and live chats. Join the conversation on Lowe'sforpros.com. Ask questions and see how these products can add power and efficiency to your jobs. The Just for Pros event will also have limited time deals on many of your go-to brands. So check it out in-store or online. Only at Lowe's, the new home for pros. U.S. only. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Welcome back in, everybody. Episode number 53 of the Mark Childress Show. We'll be here with you until 9 o'clock. If you're listening in your car on the app and an internet browser, you can come hang out with us over on Facebook. You can go to the Mark Childress Show's Facebook page or the Roar's Facebook page. We simulcast this show. We're the only radio show in the upstate to do it. Uh, we simulcast on Facebook Live as well. We're in Prox Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. Special thanks to Faxon and Drew who are helping us out here. And uh, special thanks to Ramona back at Mission Control making all of the magic happen. Hey, we're going to talk uh, NFL this segment. Let's bring a friend of ours on. He's got a fantastic uh, Panthers podcast called The Roar. We're going to confuse everybody talking about The Roar on The Roar. Um, but it, it works for both of these. Uh, Mr. John Ellis joining us. John, how you doing, man? Hey, Mark, Richmond, how you guys doing? Sorry, yeah, we're confusing everybody here. The Roar on Blue Wire Pod, uh, available on iTunes, but there's only one The Roar, and you guys know what it is, the Clemson Roar. And, uh, man, I'm excited to be on with you guys tonight. 
Yeah, I'm excited to have you too, John. And uh, you're definitely catching us quickly. And uh, you do great coverage of not just uh, I love following you on Twitter, um, not just for uh, Panther stuff, but uh, you're a great NFL mind across the board. But let's definitely talk about uh, the Carolina Panthers. Um, the Matt Rule era has begun. Teddy Bridgewater, I thought it was a good ball game. I got to see chunks of it against the Raiders on uh, Sunday. Now that you've had a couple of days to digest it, uh, what's your take on uh, your Panthers? Oh, you know, I thought it was a fantastic, uh, you know, it's short of getting the win, a fantastic start for the Matt Rule era. You know, we talked all offseason about uh, the team moving on from Cam Newton, a controversial decision in many ways, a uh, franchise quarterback and a, sort of a centerpiece of this franchise for a decade. But I don't think it could have gone any better offensively for Joe Brady, of course, who was brought in from LSU. Clemson fans know him very well. And I think what we expected in our analysis leading up to this game was a lot of you know, intermediate passing, a lot of uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course, and, uh, you know, controlling the tempo. They had no turnovers. Uh, they did control the clock. And what got away from them a little bit there in terms of uh, the play calling maybe without McCaffrey getting enough touches there in the middle of the game, they did get him involved again in the third and fourth quarter, and they rallied to take the lead with Robbie Anderson catching a deep ball. Uh, the defense is a work in progress, as you guys know. Uh, they're, they're very young. They spent their entire draft on defense with Derek Brown as the first rounder, who had his ups and downs. But overall, I give the team a pretty good break coming out. Oakland is a game opponent, and uh, I thought they acquitted themselves very well in what is a rebuilding season right now. Talking, uh, hanging out with John Ellis uh, from at One Panther Place on Twitter. So, John, a little controversy, I guess, at the end of the game. It's fourth and short. You've got uh, perhaps the most dynamic running back in uh, the NFL in your backfield, and you hand it to the fullback, and you do not get the first down, and the ball game is over. Um, any concerns about that? I mean, I, I really like the fact that Matt Rule owned it after the game, and uh, that's what I want for my head coach is, you know, he understood that he probably didn't make the best call right there. In hindsight, he would have made it differently, and he owned that, and I liked it. Oh, definitely. You know, Matt, uh, one thing I've been very impressed by is his ability to step in and uh, in these moments and say, you know what, I'm the guy. I was responsible for this, and moving forward, we'll make the adjustments. The call itself, you know, I don't know. I the replay we have still not seen the coaches film yet on all 22 but when you look at the cbs replay the, the line didn't get low enough you know in football low man wins and i think the call was fine because it's worked before they actually called a fourth and short actually it was a third and short with alex arm of the fullback earlier in the game and it did convert so in that situation of course mccaffrey you'd like to see your big time big dollar back get that ball but I think what I'm more concerned with there is the offensive line not getting the push. It's been a bit of a problem. They did trade uh, Trey Turner, their all-pro guard away, for Russell Okung, the left tackle. And Okung didn't have the best rep on that play. So, again, we could get real granular and dissect that. But I think, you know, on a macro level, you'd like to see McCaffrey involved. The problem with that is last year, Mark, they had a bit of an issue with McCaffrey in short yardage in certain games against Washington against Green Bay. You remember the game against Tampa where he ran the uh, direct snap to the uh, the boundary there. Cam Newton's last game as a Panther. And uh, I think that maybe played into their calculus somewhat. That, you know, short yardage here, let's try to give it to the hammer. Uh, unfortunately, you know, just a, a bit short there. But, uh, yeah, I think what more importantly you look at is they were competitive. They were in a position to take the lead at the end. You always want to get the wins, but at least they're showing signs of life. I think a lot of fans expect be you know 35 to 10 game and uh it comes down to a fourth and inches and that's disappointing but i don't really second guess the play call they just got to execute it better 
And we're continuing with John Ellis at One Panther Place on Twitter as Carolina Panthers Insider and also helping me co-host the Ingalls Tailgate Show, which yep. is oh, yeah. uh, preceding yes, the Tiger Tailgate Show that Mark is hosting. Uh, but, John, you uh, mentioned some of the you know the expectations and you felt that uh, the Panthers came out and, hey, and showed at least so, some promise and just – also, the controversy with replacing Cam Newton. So, from your perspective, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 270 yards. Uh, he looked, you know, clean at times. And I think more importantly, though, just think about the journey that he's been on to come back and the performance that he had. I thought was very admirable. Oh, I think so too. And that's something that hasn't been talked about a lot. You know, a lot of the Panthers fan base was very disappointed with Newton leaving. And, I, you know, from an analysis standpoint, the move didn't add up to me completely in the beginning, and I still have questions. But Ted Bridgewater's story is a fascinating one. As you guys know, he had a catastrophic knee injury back in 2016 and has worked his way back slowly with a stint for the Jets, and last year was 5-0 and as a starter with the Saints. What we did in our film review when we led up to the season, Rich, is we looked at what Sean Payton was able to do to put him in a good position. And I think Brady did a good job, Joe Brady, that is, mimicking that. And Joe Brady did work under Sean Payton back in New Orleans a couple of years ago. They put Teddy in good positions to succeed, meaning they spread the field. They got the ball out quick. Uh, one thing they talked about Bridgewater is his uh, average depth of target. And one thing we saw was a little deeper than we expected. We, I personally was expecting a lot more bubble screens, quick stuff. But he was in the 6.0 range in terms of yards per attempt. Depth-wise, and that was impressive. Of course, they had the deep shot, the 75-yard touchdown to uh, Robbie Anderson. That's Bridgewater's second-longest touchdown pass in his career, by the way. His first was on a bubble screen where the run after catch did all the work. So that could have been his best touchdown pass in his career if you, you know, ask a lot of experts. I think well, one guy we talked to a lot is Mark Schofield, who I know is probably listening to us now. He does a lot of work for the Patriots, does a lot of work on SB Nation, and Mark studied the film a lot on Bridgewater coming out of Louisville and one thing he and I talked about was how well he plays in structure and maybe Cam Newton not so much because freelancer has the ability to do more things in terms of his legs but what Joe Brady wanted was a guy to come in and I hate to use the word game manager but I would say processor would be a better word to say about Bridgewater he processes things quickly gets the ball out quickly no sacks, no interceptions no fatal errors really and he did a good job on the ground. I think he had about 30 yards uh, rushing there. He had a couple breakdowns where he had to scramble and uh, showed some elusiveness. So I was really impressed. And uh, I think this is an offense that can put 25 to 30 on the board every game. Again, the question is the defense. Can they compete? And uh, they're very young. It's going to be a long haul for those guys, I think. Hanging out with John Ellis at One Panther Place on Twitter. So, John, I'm a big Washington fan. Uh, Richmond is a big Dallas fan. Um, your thoughts oh on boy. the uh, spectacular <laughs> Washington uh, victory in week one um, and the uh, horrific and tragic Dallas loss. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Uh, Richmond and I talk about it a lot. I had to dig a little I bit. I know Richmond. you did. You always do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Richmond always says Cowboys are... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Richmond always says Cowboys are going 8-8, eight and eight, and we joke about that, and every year they just about do it. What's your thoughts on Dallas and uh, their ability to ba- uh, bounce back in Week 2? Yeah, you know, Dallas, I think, was, was caught in a weird situation there. This year one for Mike McCarthy, and there's just, I think, so little you can glean from a lot of these Week 1 games with new regimes, because there's no preseason. Of course, McCarthy's an established coach, but Scott Prescott made 
controversial push-off call at the end there that uh, possibly negated their chances. I thought Zeke ran hard. Um, again, there's some things when you got Aaron Donald across from you on the defensive line. Uh, he was a, an absolute monster to deal with. And, uh, you know, that makes things tough on Dallas. I don't call expectations for them. You know, I've got them graded out at least 10 wins this year because they're just so deep. Unfortunately, you know, I think Leighton Vander Esch, Sean Lee, they've got some injuries now on defense that are piling up. And one thing these NFL personnel guys have told me over the years, and coaches as well, is once that starts to happen week one, you get a couple of those, and it's hard to come back from that. So if they can stay healthy and rebound from that perspective, I think they still got a very good shot. You know, as far as the Washington football team, that's an impressive win. And, you know, Chase Young, what can you say about this guy? He's an absolute animal. Amazing. Uh, he's like, yep. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, we, we knew that going in because, you know, you guys watched plenty of Ohio State last year. But uh, his impact in that game was remarkable. And that, you know, the pressure they put on Carson Wentz, uh, who's been dealing with some nagging injuries himself. But uh, that was impressive. Of course, Ron Rivera has been uh, diagnosed with cancer, and we wish him all the best, former Panthers coach. But he had to take an IV in that game, and uh, Dwayne Haskins gave a fiery halftime speech, and they came out and got the job done against a very game opponent. So uh, I think both those teams have a good shot to duke it out in the uh, NFC East this year. They're, they're good teams. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch. So I heard you say Dallas ten and six, Richmond goes eight and eight, and I will say Cowboys two and fourteen. I'll go with that. How about <laughs> two and fourteen? I, I, you know, I'm just, oh come on! Yeah, now. you know, I'm just teasing you. A man can dream, right? Um, uh, hey, we did get a question, uh, John. I opened it up on Facebook. Uh, Billy jumps in with uh, thoughts on Bruce Arians' comments about how Brady played on Sunday. Thought that was uh, some interesting uh, fodder for uh, us sports talk folks here early in the week. Oh, yes. You know, I, I noticed that. I, I, I try not to put too much stock in that stuff because you, you get into the hot take factory and start coming up with conclusions that are maybe a little bit of a reach. But I will say this. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians seemed like an awkward fit from day one because Bruce Arians is a guy who likes to go vertical. He likes his quarterbacks to hold that ball. And that offense was custom-made uh, over the years from Belichick then over the past few years for Brady to get the ball out quick. So Bruce has had to make some adjustments in his schematics to fit Tom Brady, and that's a learning process, too. I think from a personality perspective, Bruce is a lot different than Bill Belichick. He's going to speak his mind. He's very blunt, very direct, and he's not afraid to call his players out to the media. So a lot of that, you know, when you look at that quote about, you know, hey, you know, Tom was not perfect or whatever he said, I think it was something to be effective. Tom's got to get better. Uh, that's not something Belichick would ever say publicly about Brady. That was very tight lips. So... I don't think I'm going to put too much into it yet. Now, if they lose against Carolina this week and they start 0-2 after all that hype, yeah, I'm thinking Brady and, and Bruce are looking around saying, okay, you know what? This is so hard now. This, this is so great. We're, we're looking at an uphill battle in the division with the Saints and, you know, a very competitive Falcons team. And, of course, Carolina, if they get a win this week, they're 1-1. One one. So, uh, they, it, I don't want to say must win. I hate getting into that, you know, trap in week two, but teams that start 0-2 typically have a hard time making the playoffs and, uh, Yeah, I think it is as well, and uh, some really good analysis uh, there. So at One Panther Place is where you can uh, go and follow John Ellis. Again, if you're a Panthers fan, he is a must-follow. If you're an NFL fan like uh, Richmond and myself, um, definitely go and check him out. Uh, John, we appreciate you jumping on with us. You're always welcome. We'll have you back in a couple of weeks uh, when the Cowboys are still winless, okay? (laughs) He's all over me tonight. Yeah, I am. uh, (laughs) Thanks, John. 
Okay. Will do, John. Thanks a lot. All right, Richmond, uh, enough making fun of your Cowboys. Yeah, that's uh, okay. That's okay. I like it. Yeah, John's great. Again, his podcast is uh, is great as well, called The Roar. Um, and uh, just if he probably knows more about the Panthers than I've uh, – you know, ever known in my life, and oh, he definitely uh, he's does. Forgotten more than I know. He knows so, a lot. Yeah, he's a great, uh, great guy to have a uh, part of the Mark Childers Show family. So excited to have him here and uh, hanging out and going from there. Um, I look at the schedule for this weekend on the NFL side. Uh, Richmond, uh, Carolina is going to Tampa Bay. That's going to be a, a big challenge for them. The Falcons come to uh, Dallas, so you'll be at yes. home this weekend. What are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I do think this is going to be a challenge. Uh, I, I think the the Falcons are an offense that. That they can get hot. I mean, yes. we saw that they did. I mean, they struggled a little bit for a while against Seattle, got to some things going. I mean, you've got Calvin Ridley and uh, Julio Jones as your wide receiving core, and you've got mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. I mean, he's still an all-pro quarterback, uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, uh, I mean, it's debating. Uh, I'm not saying he's in the top five or whatever, but he's still a very, very good quarterback. So you got to be very careful. And with the injuries that are mounting up, it seems for the Cowboys, you know, especially at uh, linebacking core mm-hmm. right now with Van Der Esch out, Sean Lee's already still out. Uh, and then you lose your tight end for ACL. He's gone for the season. Then on the offensive line, you lose Cam Irving uh, with an MCL sprain. Yep. So you've got those type of things. And I, I think there's also this magnifying glass that's always on the Cowboys, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I didn't expect that the Cowboys would go and beat the Rams. I, I feel that Sean McVay is a better coach. I think probably all the way around the Rams are a better unit as a whole than the Cowboys mm-hmm. are. And it was in Los Angeles. You know, yeah. so I, I felt you know, obviously no crowd or anything, but I, I just felt that the Rams, if it was close, they would win. And that's exactly, you know, how it played out. Uh and I think this game uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Cowboys. I think mm-hmm. they're going to win, but it wouldn't be surprising if the Falcons came out with a victory. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you don't have fans at the at the home games, which you would think um, would favor the visiting team, but also all the protocols around travel with COVID. I mean, you saw a lot of home teams, you know, hold serve. In fact, some big upsets by home teams, mm-hmm. I felt like, uh, this past weekend. So that's going to be an interesting thing for me to follow. Yeah, when I think about the Cowboys, I mean, Van Der Esch, he's kind of the leader of your defense. Yes. I mean, he, he's the heart and soul of your defense. When I'm seeing he's out multiple weeks, I would yeah, be very concerned weeks. as well. Yeah, and, and Jalen Smith didn't have a great game. No. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so, and there's already a question on the secondary itself. I mean, that's been one of the, the weak spots, you know, for the Cowboys. Yeah. And that's why it was such a controversial pick when they had when they picked CeeDee Lamb as their number one pick uh, rather than getting a need at cornerback and trying to shore up that secondary uh, on the defensive side. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting game, but at least it's not a divisional game. So right. it's okay. Yeah, no, right? it, it is. And uh Washington, I'm a big Washington football team fan. Uh, obviously, the the win last weekend was unexpected. We go on the road to take on Arizona. I, I will say this, and I said it coming into it, the, the Washington defensive line, if 
they're not the best in the NFL. They're top three, and they are legit, and it's deep, right? It it's not deep. like you got four guys. They've got like seven guys who can really make a difference. Had a ton of sacks last week. Ryan Kerrigan was the NFC Defensive uh, Player of the Week. Chase Young uh, wreaked havoc. He had a he had a, a very athletic play to force a fumble. Had a sack, a bunch of tackles. Um, it's interesting that against Kyler Murray, who's very elusive, it will be an interesting matchup. Um, I have no faith in my Redskins. We talk about this always. I mean, I'm glad that they won. I want the Redskins to either win two games this year or I want them to win eight or more games this year and find a way to get into the playoffs. It's that mid-range, three to six, we're kind of half rebuilding, we're competitive, but we're not going to the playoffs. That's the nightmare place for me. Be bad or be good, but don't be mediocre. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, just know that you keep referring it to as the Redskins. I know. I'm trying. I can't break. <laughs> you know what? They never said Redskins uh, during the broadcast. Hats off to them. I can't do it. It's I, hard. I, I agree. If I think about it, I say Washington football team. If not, my just, I mean, I've been a fan forever, man. It's hard to, hard to walk away from it. The so Dallas the, football team. Try calling them the Dallas football team for the rest of the season on the Mark Childress show. Yeah, I think you can't you, do it. No, you can't do it. I think you and I were texting. I kept calling it the Washington football club. Yeah, trying to want to make yeah, it soccer. WSC or something, <laughs> whatever. It might be better at soccer some weeks, but uh, we shall see. All right, coming up after the break, believe it or not, we haven't talked about uh, the Big Ten announcing that they are coming back to play football this year. Richmond and I haven't synced up on this yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we agree. I bet we're going to disagree on some of this stuff. I want to hear what you have to say as well. This is the Mark Childress Show. Did you pay for your bad moto koozie? And how much did you spend on your black leather jacket? Is it you or your parents? Listening to this Allstate commercial about savings might be the hardest thing about getting those savings. Save for simply becoming an Allstate customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. Allstate. Minimum effort. Maximum reward. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive-wise is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. Hiring can be challenging, but ZipRecruiter makes it fast and easy. We talked to Monica Starks, who needed to hire for a pivotal role at her company, GS Group. As the owner of a construction company, finding the right people is a very difficult task. So I use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies the right people for your job and actively invites them to apply, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Monica did, and that's how she found Lamont, her new project superintendent. The job is so perfect for me. I had a career breakthrough. I would have never found this job if it wasn't for ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, we've hired everyone from accountants to project managers to field scientists. With ZipRecruiter, we get hiring results. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Hey, Clemson family, Eric McLean here, and I want to tell you about my good friends at Duck Donuts in Greenville. Proud Clemson alumni Greg Terry and his wife Julie are happy to open their doors to you this season, and their warm welcomes are just the start of your Duck Donuts experience. They've got the most delicious, warm, fresh donuts you'll ever eat, but the best part? They are all made to order with flavors for everyone in the family. Start your morning off right, go to the Plaza on Pelham, or you can order online at duckdonuts.com. Winning season returns at MyBookie. 
Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor, Super Contests, and Squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code WCCP and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code WCCP and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Hey guys, are you missing a step in the gym or in the bedroom? Are those it's not you, it's me moments getting a little too frequent? Is that scale moving in the wrong direction? Odds are you might have low T. Come into Low Country Mail today and get your labs done. For just 200 bucks a month, we take care of your testosterone, labs, doctor visits, and primary care. We also offer low-cost ED plans with the P-Shot and D-Wave therapy. Book today, lowcountrymail.com, 864-920-3066, Pelham Road, Greenville. Go Tigers! Rate alert. Gary the mortgage expert can get 2.5% for 15-year fixed. With good credit and 20% or more home equity, you can refi or purchase at 2.5%. Call 864-979-1111 or go to GaryTheMortgageExpert.com today. Gary's rates destroy the big banks. Subject to underwriting approval. APR is 2.7%. NMLS number 107429. Office number 1847969. Based on $200,000 loan. Rates change daily. Equal housing lender. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Welcome back in to the Mark Childress Show. If you're listening in your car, on the app, and an internet browser, come on over to Facebook if you'd like. Uh, we simulcast the show from Prong Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. You can go to the Mark Childress Show Facebook page or the Roars Facebook page and hang out with us over there. Uh, we have, will have open phones for the rest of the show today, 864-654-7627, 654-7627. We're going to be talking about the Big Ten announcement today. We'll also be talking a little bit more about Clemson football and the game against the Citadel this weekend amongst other topics please jump in and uh, we would love to talk to you guys so um this from Brett McMurphy. I'm sure you've all heard already today, but I like the way that he phrased it. Uh, Big Ten will be playing football here in the fall. Uh, they will play eight games and then a title game on December the 19th. Um, also, teams that finish in second through seventh place in each of the divisions will play a ninth game against each other that weekend. So everybody gets to play that ninth game. Nine games. One of them will be for the title. Uh, I guess you'll have two last place divisional teams playing each other on December 19th. That just seems like uh, nothing but pain. Uh, with the Big Ten back, 91 of the 130 FBS schools, that's 70%, will now be playing this fall. That is, I mean, literally, applause, celebration, you name it. I'm glad to have the Big Ten back. Um, Richmond and I have not talked about this yet, so I'm going to give you my thoughts, and let's see if we agree or disagree. Mm, um, big question here. Yep, I'm glad that the Big Ten is playing football this year. I wish all the conferences were playing. Um, the lack of leadership that they've shown throughout this is uh, there will be case studies done on this for years. It's been a colossal failure 
of epic proportions. Um, and the fact that they got out of their own way and uh, made a decision that I feel like is the right one um, is admirable. They will have eight weeks to play eight games. Um, the SEC is playing 10 games. Uh, the Big 12 is playing, or they're playing 10 or 11, right? And, and the ACC is playing 11, but I think there's a couple of teams that might only get in 10. So yeah. all the other conferences are playing 10 or 11 games, and they're starting much earlier. Um, all of these conferences have a buffer in place. So there are a couple of bye weeks built in. And we've already seen an example where Virginia and Virginia Tech had to be both postponed and played uh, later in the season because they're bye weeks there. So everything has to go perfectly for the Big Ten to get eight games in, followed by the conference championship game. Um, and I think that is a terrible mistake. I think they should have uh, built in some more buffer time, and I think they should be trying to play more games. So I'm throwing a lot at you here. Um, an eight win or nine win Big Ten champion versus, you know, an 11 or 12 win SEC, Big 12 or ACC champion. We start to get in a weird world where how do you compare? And if a Ohio State team loses two games because of COVID and now they're a seven and no Big Ten champion. And I think that I think that's realistic. I mean, teams are already losing games. I think there's a very good chance that something like that happens. I think that ends up being a disaster. It just seems like it's not going to work for the Big Ten. I think they made the I think they're starting too late and they're not playing enough games. And it's just going to be super controversial when we get to the college football playoff decision. What say you, Richmond? Yeah. Well, we do agree that uh, we want as many teams playing. Oh, yes. Right. I wish they were all playing. I wish yeah. they were, we're all 70%. playing. 70%. That's good. Yeah. And I, we also agree that poor leadership has got this to this point with the Big Ten. Yep. Uh, and I think what you talked about, their buffer, it's been up until now, these past 36 days where they decided not to play. That's That's been their buffer. And right. I also feel that uh, it, there's FOMO happening here. They got the fear of missing out big time. Mm -hmm. They saw that some of these teams, and granted, there has been some games that have been, you know, pushed back and, and might be canceled at the end of the day. We don't know a hundred percent. I mean, they're still going to try to work them out. Uh, but I, I, I really think that they were seeing that teams were playing, and just the anticipation, the excitement that teams were playing, I don't think they wanted to be left out anymore. Yep. Uh, especially when they got the pressure of you know, the Nebraska uh, parents and players suing them. Uh, you've got athletic departments looking at you know, potential $100 million loss in revenue by not playing games. Uh, and then just from the perspective of you've got this momentum in all of these states, high schools are playing. Pro teams are playing in these states where the Big Ten is saying you're not it's not safe enough for you to play, but high school can play right. and, and professional teams can play, but college can't. It just didn't make any sense. And now I think they're betting way too much on this whole uh, rapid testing and that they're going to be testing every single day. So their mindset is that we're going to have basically a hundred percent opportunity of making sure that we're not going to be in a position of this contact tracing issue where 
if it's three days after the fact that you find right. out a player has tested positive, then you've got to go back and find out who they had the most contact with, and then those people have to be quarantined, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. Right? And so they're counting on the fact that we'll know before practice every single day if somebody's uh, positive, we pull them out. Mm-hmm. And we would have known the previous day they were negative, so everybody should be fine. I just don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. That how in the world, if if somebody tests positive, but they were negative the previous day, they still had to be in contact with people. And at some point, they could still... Right, you've got pass. roommates, you're, yes. you're coming it just, into... And it, then they've got a 21, I mean, if you test positive, it's 21 days 21 days, 14. yeah, 21 days. And I, I think that's... I just don't see how that can play out in like what you said. I mean, that has to go perfect. Everything, yes. every single thing has to go perfect. And I'm also, just from personal experience, this is not a political statement. This is not anything about COVID. I just know that from a testing perspective, I'm not convinced that it's 100% accurate. Oh, and it's not. It's, and that's the issue that I have with this as well, is that how are we confident in the numbers that they're going to be receiving? And again, because personally I know, my son tested positive uh, and then got another test. It was negative and was confirmed negative, but he was potentially going to be held out of going to Clemson because of a positive mm-hmm. test. But he got two negative tests right after that to prove that it was a false positive. So you can't tell me that there can't be false negatives or even false positives yeah. that are going to be happening. And I think that's just a slippery slope that the Big Ten is trying to you know, go down that road right now. And uh, with no room for error. No room for I mean, error. That, that was the but, biggest piece. Even putting one bye week in there, I yeah. think, would have given them some outs. But they had <clears throat> they they want the opportunity to play for a national championship. That's what it boils down to because they're now granted they they would still get their money uh, even if they don't yeah. play the Big Ten is still going to get their percentage of money but it's also just from a perspective of they, they want teams to have an opportunity to play for a national championship and if they start any later they're not going to be able to get it in because I think uh, the way it lines up right now the Big Ten championships played and then the next day yeah. college football playoff announces. It's eight games, no bye weeks. Ninth, the ninth week is the championship game, and the next morning is when they, they name the playoffs. So this is a piece that I'm most interested in seeing what you think about. How, how are you going to be able to compare? How are you going to be able to compare a eight or nine win Big Ten team to an 11 or 12 win SEC team? So here's a scenario. I saw this uh, mentioned in Facebook. I was thinking about it earlier. If uh, Georgia and Alabama are both undefeated, and uh, they go to the SEC championship game and play one another. It's a close game. You've got an 11 and one. You've got an 11 and 0 champ. You've got a 10 and one SEC team. Does that 10 and one SEC team go in over a nine and 0 Big Ten team? They played two more games. You have to factor that in, right? It has to be. And well, I think isn't it advantage? I, you know, I think back to Alabama um, not playing in the SEC championship game a few years ago in the national title game. That had a big impact. That extra week of rest, I'm not saying the game would have turned out any different, but that extra week of rest I think is a huge advantage. So there's not going to be as much wear on the tires for these players. 
I just think it's going to be really hard to compare at the end. And, of course, the Big Ten's running out there saying, well, our champ should get in. I don't know. I mean, if you've got a 12-0 Clemson team and, let's say, an 11-1 North Carolina team, and you've got an undefeated Bama and a one-loss Georgia team, and you've got an undefeated Oklahoma team, you put an Ohio State in, they only played nine games. Everybody else played 11 or 12. I know, and I think it's a big deal. It is a big deal, especially if you're looking at it from a perspective of not only is it could be a potential of two two more games that the SEC could have played versus a Big Ten or even the ACC, but it's conference games as well. Yes. So this is not like you, you can't know, compare. It, yeah, yes. Alabama was playing Western Kentucky or, or something, and that was considered you know one of the games which has happened in the past. That that's been the hard way to measure it because we've talked about we want to see conference on conference and right. or you know i should say within the conference you want them to be comparing that they've played conference games and that's what it would be it's but i don't think the college football playoff they're not going to put themselves in any position to set any type of parameters set any type so they're not going to come out and say that the big 10 has to play x number of games or the sec right you know has to play x number of games because they don't want to get themselves in a trap and get painted in the corner so to speak uh they they want to be able to have the ability to uh, unfortunately it's that eyeball test well they that team just look, looks better. I mean, that, that is going to be part of it because how can you measure a nine-win team versus an 11-win team? It's going to be hard. Well, if the eyeball test is involved, then two SEC teams are going to the playoffs because they're always, <laughs> going to, they're always going to fudge that way. And if the eyeball test is going to play a bigger role this year than it has in the past, I'm not questioning Dabo, and I know he's not going to change anything, nor do I want him, but should you have left the starters in and made it 57-3 to against Wake Forest instead of 37-14? to because when there's a bake-off at the end, and it's going to be weird this year, little things like that could add up. Now, listen, an undefeated Clemson team is in the playoffs is 100 in. times out of 100. Because they've proven it. Yes, I think Clemson could lose a game this year and win the ACC championship game. And I still think they're going to the playoffs because they... Everybody knows they're a fantastic football team. They've proven themselves in the playoffs year in and year out. And I know we think, hey, Bama always gets the benefit of the doubt. Well, Clemson would get the benefit of the doubt as well. Oh, and I haven't even mentioned Notre Dame. Yes, what you have. What if they beat Clemson this year and then Clemson beats them in the ACC championship game? Folks, Notre Dame's going to the playoffs. Notre Dame would go to the playoffs in that scenario, in my opinion, over a undefeated Ohio State team. They played two more games. Two more games, yeah. Yep. So sitting there at 10-1. and, one, mm-hmm. and Let's say Clemson beats them in Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame beats Clemson to win the ACC championship game. What if it's reversed? It would be interesting then. What but if Notre it, Dame won the ACC and was you know 11-1, and one, I think they oh, go to yeah, the college well, football playoffs. They and I think Clemson goes too. Uh, that would be Clemson's only loss. I think they go too because well, they get the benefit a, yes. of the doubt. I, so I now there's no too. room for Ohio State. No. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not a guarantee. Just that they play this season that somebody's going to get in. It's just yeah. not. I mean, there's a lot of lot of factors that that are going into it. I, I just think that at the end of the day, the Big Ten they they knew they. I, I think their mistake was coming out and canceling the season from the very beginning. Yes. Why not just say, hey, we we don't have all of the answers yet. Uh, we've heard that this rapid testing might be an option. We're, we're going to delay 
you know, any type of uh, start of the season and then work on have all these contingency plans. Now, granted, they probably already had some plans in mm-hmm. place, but at least make that type of announcement before. Because you've got players that have opted out. I mean, what's going to happen with those players now? I mean, especially look at Ohio State with Sean Wade, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is he going to be able to to come back? I don't think he signed with an agent, but I even think even if he had signed with an agent, I think you got to let him come back. Yeah, it, you know, I don't know if he has to come back. Well, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, he's also a uh, very good offensive lineman that has announced that he's not coming back for Ohio State either. And so. and there, gosh, and I'm drawing a blank on, but somebody did just announce they are coming back, and I can't remember for Ohio State. Okay, uh, we'll have to we'll have to take a look at that. But the, the point Some is, is that so much going on every day. Oh, I know who, who has COVID and who's coming and who's leaving. It, that's it's right, impossible to keep up with. These. And that's the point. Which you, I, I love what you said. A case study. This will be yeah. looked at like. This is an example of not how to communicate mm-hmm. and what what a leader uh, or, or leadership team, you know, should should be able to do. And I know there's a, a lot of it is all of this, you know, uh, myocarditis, uh, yes. you know, heart condition. And I've always been uh, trying to ask the question because I, I don't know. But I've been in medical device sales for a long time, and so I know enough about clinical trials and about protocols. And for you know. The question was, hey, there's this inflammation of the heart post-COVID and that they're been able to measure. And that was one of the things that right. the Big Ten was like, no way, we can't do it because of these young athletes having this inflammation. Well, but nobody has actually done the study to verify did or didn't they have it before right. COVID. Mm-hmm. positive test so you don't know your baseline that was my point i was like where's the baseline i want to see the baseline yeah. you know and that was the biggest issue that i i think and then once you found out that the numbers were inflated it wasn't as as much as they had thought and there's so many other causes of this it was just such of a blanket statement uh for them to use that as the reason uh, yeah. and it's a lot of egg on their face right now With all that said, I would love for the Clemson Tigers to take on Ohio State in the college football playoff again. That was the game of the year in college football last year. Um, It kind of feels like it's destined for that game to go down again, probably for the national championship this time. So more power to them. I'm glad they're back. If you want, I guarantee you, if you went into that Clemson locker room and polled the players and polled the coaches and they said, would you guys, are you guys glad the Big Ten's back? You want to play Ohio State again? I bet every one of them would say, bring it on. We would love to play those guys again. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And Ohio State's a really good team. Again, maybe they've lost some guys. Maybe they won't make it after all this, which would be the ultimate irony. Because I really think that's the only reason they're doing it. If Ohio State wasn't going to be a legitimate national title competitor, I don't know if they would be back playing football. Agreed, 100%. Yes. They They want somebody to be playing for the national championship, and Ohio State is one. And Ohio State's got a lot of power in the Big Ten. They do. So are referees going to help them make I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can go down a million rabbit holes. So this is a good, uh, good conversation there and some great comments on uh, Facebook as well. All right, uh, we've got one more segment left. We'll continue unpacking the Big Ten stuff. We'll talk about the Clemson Citadel game this weekend. i got a couple of other topics we want to hit before we're out of here. This is the Mark Childress Show. Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor, Super Contest, and Squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up. 
watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice. It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code WCCP and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code WCCP and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. This is an actual customer Google review about George Coleman Ford. Matt writes, best service I've ever experienced when buying a car. The sales associate and the rest of the George Coleman team treated me like family, never pressured me into any decisions, even gave me advice regarding my previous vehicle. I'm so thankful for George Coleman Ford and their team. I love my F-150. I'll be buying from them from here on out. It's simple, my friends. Buy from George Coleman Ford. You'll thank me later. Arrowhead Point Golf Course on Lake Richard B. Russell in Alberton, Georgia invites you to stay and play. For just $178 each, based on four players, you can enjoy two nights stay, two rounds of golf, two meals, and if you mention this ad, free replays. Cottages have two bedrooms, two baths, and fully stocked kitchen, sun porch, grill, dock and beach access. Some cottages are newly renovated. Stay and play. Arrowhead Point Golf Course, 706-283-6000. Are you transitioning your little one to a big kid bed? Local mattress manufacturer Engineered Sleep now offers a mattress designed specifically for the kids. Engineered Sleep makes mattress shopping easy. Whether you're online or in their showroom, every local mattress order is delivered to your house. Comes with a 60-night sleep trial and is set up for free. Buy local and direct from the manufacturer. Visit engineeredsleep.com for more info. Make sure your little one sleeps like a lamb and rises like a tiger. You really don't need a special reason or a special occasion to shop at Reed's Jewelers. Simply put, anytime you step into Reed's, the award-winning staff will be sure you leave with a smile and what you came for. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's has it. And to help you with your purchase, ask the Reed's team about their extended payment plans. Jewelry is about relationships that last a lifetime with your loved one and with your jeweler. Reed's Jewelers, online at reeds.com. In Haywood Mall, next to Belk. I'm Guy, the insurance guy, and I want to thank you. There are literally thousands of insurance agencies in the upstate, and my company, The Insurance Source, was just selected as the best insurance agency in the upstate for the second year in a row. We have an incredible team, and we love what we do. When it all boils down to it, our job at The Insurance Source is to help people. How can we help you? Do you need to make sure that you have the right plan for your business? Do you need help with service issues? Call us at 864-467-8738 for a free consultation. I'm Guy, the insurance guy. My company is The Insurance Source, and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Well, 
Welcome back in. Final segment of the Mark Childress Show. If you're listening in your car, on the app, and an internet browser, come on over to Facebook. We'll be here uh, right up until the top of the hour. The Mark Childress Show's Facebook page and the Roar's Facebook page. Uh, we broadcast on Facebook Live out of the Prong Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. Awesome setup here. These great TVs behind us. Great set. Uh, elite production crew behind us here with Faxon and Drew. Appreciate everybody uh, who helps us pull this off on Wednesday nights. Also, Ramona back at Mission Control. All right, Richmond, I got some stats for you. I pull all this stuff off Twitter all week and uh, come in here and put you to the test. Yes, I love you stats. Let's go. Or uh, whatever you want. Um, so Clemson and UTSA went six for six on field goals last weekend. Okay. The rest of FBS, 27 for 48, 56%, including only 64.5% from inside of 40 yards compared to that in 2019 almost 84 percent of kicks inside 40 yards were made so that was a drop by like what 20 percent uh yeah. in in production level so kicking, in, you're talking about just in the first week just in the first, first week, week kicking was not bad historically bad last weekend is that one of those i mean kickers got to practice as much as the rest of the guys right I mean, is it just one of those quirky things or i mean you watch that florida state georgia tech game nobody could make a kick right i just thought that was an interesting takeaway and you know i don't know if it's related to the fact that they didn't get to practice as much but it was weird yeah right? i think it probably is because it's such a timing thing uh for field goals and mm-hmm. if you're not able to practice uh you know with the uh, the ho- the the holder, the long snapper, all of that, I yep. mean, that that plays into it. Because uh, if it's it, kicking is, it, it's amazing how technical it is and how precise it is, and just how quick everything has to happen yes. just perfectly. And that takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of repetition. And I think there is an aspect that the guys weren't able to put in the same type of repetition. I was actually surprised of how well Clemson did kick with uh, B.T. Potter. Yeah, he was great on the kickoff. Great. Uh, you know, made made the field goals, including that long 52-yarder that would have been good from 70. Yeah, 67 yards or something like that. And, um, you know, made his extra points as well. He's made 90 straight now extra points, which is a Clemson record for uh, B.T. Potter. I thought yeah. it was good. And, you know, when the Wake Forest kicker came out there, the announcers talked about him like he was, you know, Lou Groza himself. Uh, Brissy got a finger, I think, on that first kick. And I think that messed him up a little bit because he missed a short one later on. On as That's well. right. So just weird that uh, the kick in your head didn't go well. Yeah, it does. Um, when do you think the last time is that Clemson football played a home game in front of fewer than 20,000 fans? Because there will be about 19,000 fans mm-hmm. there on Saturday. How many years do you think it has been since Clemson played a home game in Memorial Stadium in front of less than 20,000 fans? Wow. I, mean, I know this is just a complete and total guess. Oh, it is, so, but yeah. I'm going to have to go way back, Yeah, obviously. We'll, we'll say uh, 1951. You're decently close. Uh, the last time they played in front of less than 20,000 fans, and this thank you to Ross Taylor, who is awesome, uh, down at Clemson. Um, Virginia. October 31st, 1964, they played oh. in front of 17,000 fans. And that's on Halloween, so I wonder if like kids stayed home to trick-or-treat and didn't go to the game, and that's why they had less than 20,000 fans. That's the first thing I saw, I thought about when I saw it, but it's been a long time. It has. I would love to know like what was the attendance 
the week before that game and the mm-hmm. week after that game. And we can do some digging you know, and see if uh, see can we, we can help you out on that. And then I had something over on the uh, NFL side that I found interesting. Um, the Cleveland Browns have the record for most consecutive seasons without winning their season opener. How many years in a row had the Cleveland Browns gone losing their season opening game? They lost this past weekend. How many consecutive seasons have the lowly Browns lost their season opener? I'm going to say six. 16 consecutive seasons. 16? The Browns lost their opener 16 straight years, which seems impossible. That's insane. How? Well, they had some terrible teams in there. I, I think know. that helps, but to lose 16 in a row um, is absolutely amazing. So I thought that was a really interesting stat. 16? Yeah. Good gosh. I would have never guessed that. And uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I definitely wanted to talk about it because uh, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. So Ron Rivera has started you know, cancer treatment for uh, carcinoma, right? I mean, he has cancer, and he's the head coach of the Washington Redskins. He found this out, I want to say, six or seven weeks ago. Um, so you're coming into the first season as a new head coach. Uh, you have you find out that you have cancer, um, and it has to be treated. Um, he has to miss practice sometimes, and defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, who's been the head coach as well, takes over for him. But Rivera had to get an IV at halftime of the game. Uh, this weekend, and I think that's going to be standard protocol for him for a while. So you coach the first half of an NFL game with all that scrutiny and everything going on, and at halftime you go in and get an IV so that you can go out and coach the second half. And the Redskins actually credited Dwayne Haskins, who instead of uh, Ron Rivera speaking to the team at halftime, I called him the Redskins again, sorry, for the Washington football team uh, at halftime. Um, he gave a very fiery speech that they kind of uh, credited uh, towards getting the team motivated and coming back. But just uh, prayers out to hats off to Ron Rivera, what he is going through and uh, doing it with such grace and dignity right now is a pretty amazing thing. And everyone should be rooting for Washington anyway, but it gives you an excuse to root for the guy, if not Nothing else yeah, for the guy for the team. I just think that's uh, I think it's amazing uh, how he's handling it so far. I did I hear really the information that you just shared about Haskins, uh, but it was after the fact uh, where I saw that Ron Rivera was getting the IV at halftime, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, there you go. No wonder uh, the." Washington football team came back and beat the Eagles because the team saw what he was going through. Yeah. And that had to be some type of motivating aspect for them to come out and play the way they did in the second half in terms of at least never giving up because you got to give, I mean, the Eagles, they, they played very, yeah, very the poorly. Helped in the, That's in right. The victory. But a great deal. With that said, uh, with Haskins delivering that speech, I would also suspect, though, there was probably an aspect that did he, he get some motivation by seeing the head coach mm-hmm. going through what he was going through. And if, if he can get an IV during halftime and still continue to coach, then come on, guys, we, we can we can play better here in the second half. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's crazy that that happens but i i love those type of stories uh the emotional side uh you know the uh, the side that you don't really see now that it came out but uh you know no telling what how the practices have been and right. you know what they're seeing each day that how he's battling through this and head coaching in the nfl right i mean it's 
100-hour weeks. I mean, that's what everybody says. Mm -hmm. A lot of coaches sleep at the facility and nobody goes home. And it's that one extra piece of film at 3.57 a.m. that you might see that's going to be the one play that's the difference in a game week to week. Uh, I just thought that was, uh, like you said, it's inspirational. And we talk a lot about negative man. There's so much negativity out there right now. Um, I really gravitated towards, uh, you know, hearing about some of this on Sunday and again on Monday. Um, and it just really had an impact on me that, that he's able to go through all that. It's a great positive thing that we can focus on. Obviously, we're all pulling for him and praying for him. And uh, I just thought that's pretty neat. So agreed. wanted to make sure that we talked about it. All right. Uh, just a couple minutes left. Uh, Richmond, any final thoughts on uh, the game against Citadel this weekend? Uh, I, I think obviously we've shared a, a little bit that th- this will be a, a nice way for the Tigers to play a home game in a different environment mm-hmm. and not have to worry about the pressure of that it's an ACC game. Yep. Now, you still have to plan to to win the game. I mean, again, and that's what I love about Coach Sweeney is that the mindset is this is we're preparing for this game like any other team it doesn't matter that it says citadel on there we view this as an opponent that's trying to come in here and beat us and the way we have to prepare is that we have to play to clemson standard and if we do that then we'll win and i think that's what makes uh coach sweeney uh one of the best coaches in college football right now because he has the team believing in that it's one thing to be saying that but you're seeing the team believe that because we've talked to some of these players former players and stuff and they it's amazing how they say almost the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it is uh-huh. just ingrained, but not from like a robotic standpoint that, you know, they're just like, oh, yes, we just must do this. We must do that. I mean, it's they've got emotion behind it. They believe it, you know, and and I think that's what, uh, again, just continues to build upon this foundation that Coach Sweeney has built. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm predicting, obviously, a blowout. Yeah, I think it'll be a blowout as well. I think it was last year uh, in one of these uh, FCS games where I want to say Trevor Lawrence only played the first quarter, right? I mean, he played like a couple of series, and then he was done. And same with ETN. I don't know if it'll be like that this year because everything's a little bit weird this year. Yeah, I think yeah. there's there's an aspect there. Yeah, they probably want to get a little bit more playing time. But yep. just because... Be careful. No injuries. Yeah, no doubt. And if ETN gets 15 carries in the first half, he's going to have a bunch, a bunch of yards. All right, folks, uh, that puts a wrap on episode number 53 of the Mark Childress Show. Thank you so much to Drew Yenser and Facts and Childress producing here. Um, Ramona. Back in Mission Control is so awesome. Thank you so much, Ramona, for all that you do. You stay extra on Wednesday nights to help us put the show on, and we really appreciate it. That man right there is Richmond Weaver. I am Mark Childress. This has been the Mark Childress Show. Broadcasting live from the Priority One Security Studios, WCCP 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT, 1560 Cowpens, 97.5 Spartanburg, the Upstate's number one choice for sports. We are the Roar.
nationwide on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Zach Gelb Show. How we doing? Hope everyone's doing well. I know for all seven, eight Clippers fans out there, you're not doing well. The Lakers fans are doing well. Miami Heat fans are doing well. Celtics fans are probably a little frustrated after blowing a 12-point fourth quarter lead. I still think Boston wins that series, though. And I know Nuggets fans, they're on cloud nine. We'll talk some more Nuggets coming up in 20 minutes. Scott Hastings is going to join us. Used to play for the Nuggets, did win a championship with the Pistons. Been a long time.